Welcome to Freeman on Real Estate, the podcast about the hard facts behind what's going on in real estate. Realtor Mike Freeman of Coldwell Banker, who holds an MBA in finance, draws from his financial background and deep network to bring the most value for anyone looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Freeman on Real Estate. This is David Yaz, the Boston Podcast Network, here with Mike Freeman. Mike, how is everything? Very good, Dave. How are you? Good. By the time this podcast posts, the the summer is going to be just about over, and it's very, so very depressing. Sad. Very it, depressing. It yeah. feels like it, it lasts about ten minutes, and then it's yeah. <laughs> well, you the rain, or it was incredibly humid. It yeah. seemed every day. This yeah, summer. there were only like there might have been two good weekends. I feel like yeah. Anyway, this is what we do in New England. We complain about the weather, but on this podcast, we talk about all kinds of things, real estate. And today we're going to get to a topic that we haven't dealt with before on the pod, Mike, and that is buying a condo, buying or selling a condo, I guess. And given the differences there, and I know that there are just sort of aspects of buying a condo that most people might not even know. They think it's, uh, it's obviously it's going to be a little, there'll be fewer responsibilities than a house. There are some shared areas sometimes with people in the association. But wait, what's a good place to start here in talking about this? So I think the best place to start is to say, okay, despite what you're going to hear, I'm not anti-condo. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I, I see You know what you were just saying. There's a lot of benefits. You and I are probably close to the age that we don't want to deal with mowing the lawn and, and the snow and landscaping and... People get to the point, or they could even be young, where they're thinking, I don't want to deal with this. I don't mind paying 300 500 a month, whatever it is. I'd rather live in a really nice community where someone else is doing the landscaping and it looks beautiful no matter what. Well, as long as you have a decent company. So I'm not anti-condo or anti-townhouse. However, I did, I personally would not buy a condo, and I'm thinking about buying something and I personally wouldn't, and here's why. Mm. I had a situation a few years ago. So I was fortunate enough to sell a bunch of condos at Jonathan's Landing in Braintree. Mm. And everything was fine. And then one day, I was working with a seller, and we had the unit on the market. And all of a sudden, the condo association, which was like five people, and this is there's 300 units, so there's five out of 300, mm-hmm. and they decided to sue the builder for something very frivolous. So they said that the air conditioning system on the roof should have a one-inch pitch, and instead it doesn't. It's flat. Mm. So on the one hand, they said in the lawsuit that the place was uninhabitable. But then on the other hand, they covered themselves, and they said to every single resident, everything's fine. It doesn't impact you. It doesn't impact your AC. So my point is you're subject to whatever the association wants to do. You can vote for those people. Absolutely. But when there's 300 units and there's five people who are on the board, are you really going to influence that? Probably not. Mm. You have a vote like everybody else. But whoever's on that association, they can decide to file a lawsuit. There's a lot of decisions they can make that you have no ability to you have no ability to change that and so the, the way this came up with my seller is all of a sudden this lawsuit was filed 
and banks would not issue a mortgage to any buyers. They didn't look at the details. They didn't look to see what is this lawsuit about? Is it frivolous? Is it not? Does it have merit or not? They just see the word lawsuit and they run for the hills. And so, therefore, my seller said, I'm not going to be able to sell this place. And he was right. Mm. So he took it off the market and he lost out in selling it. I lost out on selling it for a commission and there's nothing that he could do. He ended up renting it. Mm. So that's my only point is that before you buy a condo, just you know, take a look at what decisions have been made, who's on the board, have they have there been special assessments? Historically, what's what's gone on with the association and do a little research into that. Mm. What what kind of things does the condo agreement cover that maybe doesn't that we wouldn't necessarily know as intuitive. So I mentioned special assessments and not everybody may know what I'm talking about. So what that means is let's just say you have, let's just say, so this is something that I had recently too. Let's just say you have um, a multifamily house. It's four units and there's an association. So in this case, everybody was on the board. All four units had representation. If three of the four people decide that maybe before it needs to be done or maybe when it's not good timing for you, they're going to spend whatever, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on a roof and then have that be split amongst, amongst the four people, there's nothing you can do about it. You're outvoted. Mm. So you have to look at whether the association has issued, has, has issued special assessments in the past how often, how much, that's something you really should look at. Is the process of buying a condo any different than buying a home? What, what, like, I'm wondering what your experience is. Like, if you, do you work with a lot of customers who want to see both options and, are, and, are, and maybe weighing the pros and cons of each? Absolutely. I'm, I'm dealing with somebody right now. I got a call from a woman that I grew up with. I've actually, I think when I met her, I was five. She called me last week. She lives in uh, an Easton in a neighboring town. And so she's, she's our age and she's looking at downsizing. Her kids are out of the house and she's looking at condos and townhouses. But at the same time, she's looking at single, smaller, single family homes. And so it is part of her decision-making to look at how much is the fee? What is it covering? Am I getting my money's worth? Because she may very well end up in a single-family home. And her initial focus was not on that at all. In fact, the first search I set up for her was only for condos and townhouses. But in this in this market where there's so little inventory, there's just not much out there no matter what you're looking at. And so she felt like, well, let's expand my search and give us more choices. And so she may very well end up in a in a smaller home, whereas initially she was looking at condos and townhouses so you gotta and the fees another thing just to answer your you asked a good question before Mm. the fee is definitely something you could look at you should look at and i know some associations where you pay 300 dollars a month and it's landscaping snow removal water trash like your basic things Mm. and then i know another one where it's seven or eight hundred dollars and you think oh it must include so much more and then you look it's the same stuff so it really has to be part of your decision-making to look at how much the condo fee is and what it covers. Because there can be a huge difference in, in what's covered and what's not. And 
I know this just from sort of hearing stories and stuff that if you get, if you move into a, a condo complex where there are some calm pain in the necks that, that live there and that maybe your sticklers about enforcing certain rules. And if I'm not mistaken, the, some of them have fines attached to them. Yeah. You didn't put the lids on your garbage can or right. something like that. And then it's like uh, you're dealing with not only a neighbor who you don't care for, but they're right on top of you and they actually have some power over you. Right. right? Yeah. It comes back to the board, it comes yeah. back to association. So it's like the movie Bad Santa. Yeah. When Billy, you remember the scene with Billy Bob yeah. Thornton? Yeah. Is I mean, he's, he basically takes over the skid's house and he doesn't belong there. But some neighbor comes up and he's like really friendly and it's Christmas time. And he's like, I'm trying to keep the lights going in all the houses and keep the row. And Billy Bob Thornton looks at him and he he could there's nothing on the earth he could care right. less about he care. Yeah. than the, than yeah. the lights. And yeah. he uses some choice language that we won't repeat here. <laughs> well, but, he has a bad Santa. Yes, he is a bad Santa <laughs> after all. Yeah. So, but but no, I mean, you you could be dealing with all kinds of things, and 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 there's going back to what I was saying earlier. Things could change, and then things change. There's a vote by the board. You have absolutely no say over it. You have to follow the rules, and and it's a, it can be a problem. You could have a, they could raise the they could determine that there's no fine if you don't have a garbage can lid, and then all of a sudden tomorrow there's a hundred dollar fine. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, it reminds me of the dynamic at something like town meeting. So you, I don't live in Sharon anymore, but we're both kind of Sharon guys at heart, right? And, and yeah. as I used to be the moderator and run yeah. the town meetings, and those the participants in that meeting were a sort of vocal minority of yeah. people who were just diehard showing up to town meeting and arguing about everything. And some of them did have good intentions, but yeah, I'll be honest, some of them just had time on their hands. And and, and I'm I'm picturing in some of these condo associations, unfortunately you're gonna get some people who are just it's it's in their blood. There's the there's the episode of Seinfeld where I was just thinking they, they, that they have these, these big kind of uh overly dramatic fights over who's gonna be the next right. leader of the condo association and it's just these people that need something to argue about. Is that a genuine fear people should have? Yeah. So, and yeah. by the way, this is one of the funniest episodes <laughs> because they kick Morty out yeah. saying that he was funneling money, right? That he, right? Because because Jerry bought him Cadillac, Cadillac right. and Jerry's not that funny, right? So they're like, there's, <laughs> right. there's no. Obviously, Jerry Seinfeld's pretty funny, right? But but the the guy who wants to overtake him, and it's kind of like an ego thing, right? Right. But he's ah, your son, he's not that funny, you know. <laughs> there's no way yep. you're stealing money from the association, and yep. then they vote and then you have the woman where jerry stole the marble rock right <laughs> anyway not to get too much into the episode no, but it is sort of a, it's not based on real life obviously but but there's maybe a nugget of truth in there that there are yeah. people that just like to kind of throw their weight around in these which 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 should be maybe a simple committee with a simple task yeah but. and then there's alignments because i mean tom meeting you're right there's a small minority it's probably well like 300 400 people if that yep Condo boards, you could have five, seven people yeah. where a majority is working behind the scenes, they're buddies, mm. and they're going to make decisions together, and it doesn't matter what anybody else wants to do. So there's a lot of politics. There are a lot of people who may just have time on their hands. For a lot of people, it's a power grab. It's like they can have all this power over the in the example I gave, the 300 people who uh, own those units at Jonathan's Landing in Braintree. 
So, I mean, that's why me personally, I wouldn't pursue a condo or townhouse because there's so many things that you really have to worry about. Like, what what if your condo fee doubles Mm. in a year or two, over a year or two period, because they decide that every single building needs a new roof and they decide that every building needs to have, or the entire complex needs brand new landscaping. There's nothing you can do about it. Now, you, now your condo fee could be 1000 a month for the next two years rather than 500 And And could that affect the, the resale of your of your condo? I know yeah. there are certain things out of your control, whereas if you own your own home, you pretty much have control over what happens there the whole time. Right. And if you want to sink a lot of money into it and try to get that money back, there you go. The, that's capitalism. But you got to resell that condo at some point, uh, pr- you know, if, or if you do anyway. Whoever you're selling to is going to know about these new rules, right. n- new dynamic. You're, you're right. And and one good example I can think of that fits very well with what you're saying is there's a place in Easton, and uh, a friend slash client of mine was looking at it, and they're like, oh, this place looks beautiful, and um, the price is really low. So I looked into it for her a little more, and I realized why. Because there was a special assessment, and the condo fee was almost $1,000 a month. Mm. And it was going to be like that for at least two years, and then it was going to possibly go up more. So instead of there being one set number, like, say, $10,000 that you would have to pay as part of a special assessment, the board decided it's going to be part of the monthly condo fee for two years. So, again, something where you, where you had no choice and so the price was so low on the condo because the condo fee was so high. So it, that's it, how it's, it al- it's almost like paying a second mortgage. I mean, it, it is. So, yeah, man, does that that does that ever change a situation? And it, and it changes greatly how much you can get for your place if you're a seller. And like I said before, it changed whether or not the guy could even sell it. Forget about the amount. Right. He couldn't sell it because no buyer could get a mortgage. And then things settled down a little bit, and there was one bank that said, Okay, we've looked at it a little more closely. We're not Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, not to get too much into the details. And they said, we'll give mortgages. And then that bank gave mortgages and things cleared up a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is you don't have much control other than voting for the trustees. And you don't know what – it's a it's a big unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what your fee is going to be. And you, know what it's gonna, you don't know what it's going to cover in the future. It could change drastically. Mike doesn't hate condos. I don't we swear. However, you need to you, <laughs> you need to know these things, right? I mean, I, I think I think people the when condos. I remember when they first kind of became a thing in the what the nineteen eighties. Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were around before then, but it really became popular eighties and nineties, and it was seen as such a a nice alternative to buying a home. Probably less expensive, probably less hassle, but you got to know your facts, people. That's why you call Mike Freeman. And speaking of Mike, let's learn a little bit more about him in the following segment. More about Mike. More about Mike. More about Mike. Interesting question here, Mike. It sounds like it's out of left field because it is, but I'm curious to hear your answer. Would you rather have the ability to understand every language or to be able to talk to animals? These questions are always fun because they're so true to life. (laughs) And they have nothing to do with real estate. That may (laughs) be the best part. That's the point. That's the point. Okay, so I would rather talk to animals because you never know what an animal is thinking. Like sometimes you look at a dog and the dog's looking at you and he turns his, you say something and he turns his head to the side and he's probably thinking, 
yeah, you're like kind of an idiot. The dog might be thinking that. Mm. Or he might be thinking, give me a cookie. Mm. Like you have no idea. And so, I mean, how many times have we have we all had any kind of pet? And we'd love to know what that animal is thinking. Now, sometimes it looks like they're really trying to get something specific across yeah. to you. They come up to you like, they're, they're, yeah, like, what do you want, boy? What do you want? It's like, and it sounds like they're saying, what are you, an idiot? <laughs> Come on, I've said it three times already. Yeah. How come you don't know? By the way, good imitation of a dog, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. I think, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, if you were able to ask a dog this question, if they could talk to <laughs> you, if they could speak, yeah. they'd be like, of course I want to speak. But, and then as far as the alternative, the reason why I wouldn't choose being able to speak every language is because... I kind of like the mystery of not being able to understand certain people. Like, I, I don't need to understand everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's fine. And, yep. and and I see that, ironically, in real estate. I know this segment is not supposed to be about real estate. But, you know, sometimes I see that and people come into an open house or I have my own customers. And English isn't their first language. Sometimes it's not even their eighth language. And hmm. you don't really understand them, but there's certain things that facial expressions and how you move your hands sometimes you can get so i kind of like that part of it where you're trying to figure things out yeah when i like a mystery on the occasions where i visited canada not too many times in my life but a few times i always thought it was cool and like you say sort of like a mystery how this place exists like if we got into a car now we could be there in five hours probably right and and a lot of the a lot of the country is french speaking montreal I got to believe most people speak English also. And when I'm up there, I you know, I try to brush off my French, which is terrible. But but I like it when it, they, they don't speak English and then you got to try to find your way. And if it's just everybody's just speaking English, like, well, that's no fun. I want to be yeah. somewhere new and different. It, it is. It is more fun. And, and what we've discovered when we've been up there to Montreal is we know that there are people who understand English but like to pretend they don't right? <laughs> because they either like are forcing you to speak French if you do, or they just don't want to deal with you. Oh, je suis désolé, monsieur Freeman. Uh, je n'ai pas appelé anglais. That's terrible. I was trying to well, say I don't speak English. You know more French than me because I, I learned Spanish in high school. But yeah. yeah, I like there being some mystery and trying to figure things out, even though you don't know their language. But, I mean, how cool would that be to be able to talk to all animals? It's like that movie, The Zookeeper, yeah, where, like, he could talk to every animal. And he, and he like, fell down. Like, the lion was Sylvester Stallone's voice. And Adam Sandler was like a monkey. And so maybe the voices wouldn't be quite that good. <laughs> but it'd be I really. I imagine they'd be like that, yeah. Like, that's a great movie because it gives you, like, some insight into that. Like, this would be awesome. You could also employ them for your own good. I mean, there, there's they say that the crow is one of the most intelligent animals and that they can be trained to, like, attack and stuff. So, you yeah. know, befriend a, a bunch. They, they, it's called a murder, I think, right? A murder of crows, a big pack of crows. And uh, you get them defending your home. No one's going to mess with you. One. No one. <laughs> but but just think it's a whole new group of species that you can argue with. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Like right now we can only argue with humans and fil- have philosophical discussions or talk about sports. What do animals think about sports? What does right. my dog think about the Red Sox? And, and are we, I want to know. Right. And are we right that dogs are just fun-loving creatures and, and cats are stuck-up jerks? Absolutely. Well, we, well, we'd have to, if we talk to them, we might know. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, that was a fun one. Thank you for playing along, Mike. Sure. And remind everybody how they get in touch with you. Sure. So several ways you can get in touch with me. So my cell phone is probably the best way, 617-759-1513. Also, you can send me an email at mike.freeman at anymoves.com. I have a website, Mike Freeman Homes. At MikeFreemanHolmes.com. And then you can also look me up on Facebook by the same name, Mike Freeman Holmes. Terrific job by you again, sir, today. Well done. If you like this show, and we know you do, please follow it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. And we thank you for listening to Freeman on Real Estate.